Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, Matthew chapter 23 from the New King James Version. Here's what it says. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called Teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Well, that was a good run right there. Let's stop and talk about a few things here. First of all, this part here I think is overlooked as a powerful principle. Way back here in verse 2, Jesus said, The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. So he says, whatever they tell you, because they sit in Moses' seat, do what they say, but don't do what they do, because they don't live right. But they sit in Moses' seat. Now, this is powerful, because we live in an era where people would say, well, if they're not, if, if a leader is not living right and doing everything that we think they ought to do, then we don't have to listen to them. They're disqualified. Well, notice Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, wait a minute. These Pharisees or scribes who are sitting in Moses' seat. See, there was actually in the day that Jesus was ministering there, there was a seat. In fact, I went to one of the ruins in Israel just about a year ago. And uh, it, was a, it was a newer one that I hadn't been to yet. And they actually had excavated uh, a seat that would be called the Moses seat. And there would be some Pharisee or some scribe that would sit there and they would pass judgments on things and say things. And notice Jesus said, because they sit in Moses seat. In other words, Moses was the leader of Israel. And that authority as leader passed down to Joshua to the judges, and to various prophets and things. And he said today, in that religious system, today, he said, these scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. He said, so you need to obey them. And then he said, but don't do what they do. So in other words, Jesus is saying, even though they're not living right, and that you you should not follow their example of life, you better listen to what they say because they're sitting in Moses' seat. In other words, God has, God has given leaders certain authority, and those leaders are responsible for their own lives, just like every other believer is responsible for their own lives. And they will be held accountable for their lives. However, 
the people cannot disqualify or excuse me, the people cannot relinquish responsibility to follow the leaders because they don't approve of the leaders' lives. That's God's job to, to judge the leaders. But we need to pay attention to what our leaders say to us. See, and this is just true everywhere. The flesh doesn't like to be told what to do. But notice that Jesus himself, who, by the way, was under authority, he said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. He said, the Father has authority over me. He was just open about that. And Jesus taught that everybody has to be under authority. And here is no exception. So this whole idea that if you don't approve of the leader's example or their uh, lifestyle, or and I'm talking about uh, somebody that doesn't, that you don't feel like they're living right. You don't feel like they're holding the standards. But they are your spiritual authority. According to what Jesus said, you need to honor that because in that seat, so to speak, in that place of authority, they're speaking on behalf of God. That doesn't mean that every word that they say, God wanted them to say it. But they're speaking on behalf of God. So the way that you respond to the authority is the way that you're responding to God. And we need to serve them as unto the Lord. Now, this is not to say that sometimes people don't find themselves under some unhealthy, ungodly leaders uh, and even hypocritical leaders who are usurping and taking advantage of people. And so we do need to pray about where we position ourselves at church and under what leadership and such. Certainly, we need to pray. But when God puts you under somebody, at some point, there's going to be a rub of the flesh. And the flesh is not going to want to do certain things. And Jesus is saying, you need to follow your leaders and do what they're asking you to do because this is the way God set up the system. But if they compromise, don't compromise right along with them. You continue to serve God the way that you know the Bible says to serve God. So, and then he lists several things that are interesting. He said, don't try to be called rabbi. Don't try to be called uh, a father. Don't try to be called a teacher. Well, these are common things, you know, spiritual father, or this is the teacher, uh, pastor, teacher at our church, and so on. But Jesus is warning them against doing what the Pharisees and the scribes and others were doing. They love the best places. They love these titles and to be esteemed and such. And Jesus said, look, God is the one who really teaches us. He's the one who's really our Lord, really our Father and such. So he's saying, don't, don't go after the titles. Let God have the titles. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't ever say, hey, this person's a teacher, because the New Testament teaches us that Jesus gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so we know that the Bible in the New Testament tells us it's okay to identify people as teachers and pastors and so on. And I believe even spiritual fathers. Paul was writing, uh, and he said this, you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers, but I am your spiritual father, in essence. And so we know that Jesus is not making some blatant statement, nobody can be called a teacher, nobody can be called a spiritual father, and nobody can be called a rabbi or anything like that. No, he's not saying that, but he's warning us against this fleshliness that wants a title, that is looking for the esteem and giving the impression that our ability to lead and to help people like we do comes from within ourselves as opposed to all coming from God.
And so, notice this. It says in verse 11, But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and who, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Oh, may we all humble ourselves and not exalt ourselves. Sometimes people exalt themselves in subtle ways, and they don't want to say it straight out because that would be too obvious and embarrassing. But in subtle ways, they're exalting themselves. And Jesus said, don't, don't do that because you'll end up being humbled. But if you'll humble yourself, God will exalt you. Okay, verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Boy, he was being bold. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, so he just said right there that those Pharisees were not going to heaven, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayers, therefore you will receive greater condemnation. So when it says you devour widows' houses, Evidently, they were having conversations that influenced widows who, who were already at a disadvantage by being widows because their, their husband, who was the breadwinner, the one that would go out and work, doesn't exist, but maybe left them a home. And well, through conversations, these Pharisees and scribes would convince this widow, maybe, and I'm, I'm speculating a bit, but it seems to be this is sort of the idea, these kinds of scenarios, where maybe the, they influence the widow to donate the house to them, to the ministry, so that they get wealthier and wealthier, but yet the widow gets poorer and poorer. And Jesus is saying, this is not right. This is not right to do. And so he's saying, you, you do these things to where people get taken advantage of, and you just act like, well, that's just the position that I'm in. And Jesus is saying it's not right. And he goes on to say, and for pretense, make long prayers. You go on and on with a prayer, but it's all to pretend that you're spiritual. See, Jesus is saying, oh, God, God hates that stuff. We don't pray to look good. Man, we pray to our Father in heaven that he might do things on behalf of the people. See, and Jesus is saying, no, there's no reward there. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. So at the end of the age, when people are condemned, even condemned to hell, there are some that are going to receive greater condemnation than others. Verse 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. So you think you're doing the right thing, but you're actually doing things that are against the kingdom of God. Verse 16, Woe to you, blind guides, who say, whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple is obliged to perform it. Notice, uh, in fact, let's finish what Jesus said. He said, fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple which sanctifies the gold? See, it's the love of money. It's exactly what this is, that if somebody swears by the temple, okay, well, that's, that's bad. If you swear by the gold of the temple, you put the gold of the temple on the line, they're saying, oh, that's a big deal now. Well, why is it a big deal? Because it's a big deal in their hearts. Because they have this love of money that Jesus was confronting. And verse 18, And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing, but he who swears by the gift 
that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. So notice they were all about the gold, all about the gifts. And he goes on, Jesus goes on to say, fools and blind for which is greater, the gift on the altar, uh, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift. Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him, oh, look at this, and by him who dwells in it, capital H, him. That's God. That's God. So he's saying, oh, no, the gold is not more important than the temple. The gift on the altar is not more important than the altar. God instituted the temple and God instituted the altar, and you're trying to say that the gold and the gift that's in and on these things is more important. That's a heart issue. We need to honor what God honors first and not honor things that benefit us. Verse 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. In other words, he wasn't saying that you don't need to tithe on everything. He's saying, no, you should have done them all. But he said, but you make a big deal that you're tithing on the spices. Somebody gives you some spices and you're taking a tenth of the spices to tithe on it. He said, you're making a big deal about that, but you're neglecting neglecting the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. You're neglecting those and you're tithing on spices and acting like you're really doing a great thing. Verse 24, blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. So you're straining a gnat out so it doesn't get in the food while you swallow a camel. In other words, he's saying, you're, you're so skewed in your thinking of what's important and what's righteous. So he goes on to say in verse 25, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. There it is. So in other words, he's saying, you're doing everything to make yourself look good on the outside, but in your heart, oh, it's full of extortion, taking things from people, and self-indulgence, indulging in pleasure for yourself, but taking advantage of the people. Blind Pharisees, or excuse me, blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also. He said, if you'll cleanse the inside, the outside will naturally be clean. Verse 27, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, uh, even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You're not... You're not keeping the law behind the scenes when nobody's looking. You're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite and you're lawless. You're not keeping the laws of God. Verse 29, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. 
Notice, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have partaken with them of the blood of the fathers. Listen to what Jesus says. Therefore, you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Instead of saying, they murdered our fathers, the prophets, and identifying with the prophets, he said, you're even identifying with those who murdered the prophets. Verse 32, fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. Serpents, brood of vipers, brood means like offsprings, like baby snakes, brood of vipers. How can you escape the condemnation of hell? Boy, he's talking to the religious leaders. This tells us right now, none of us are exempt from being deceived into not being saved. Every one of us, we can be deceived by the devil and be doing wrong, but we've justified it and we think we're right, but we're wrong. And boy, we've got to make sure that we are humble before the Lord and calling upon him to keep our eyes open so that we'll do the right thing, live the right way and be saved. Verse 34, therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify and some of them you will scourge like whip in your synagogues and persecute from city to city that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel. That's, that's Abel, Cain and Abel, who was killed, the very first person murdered. From the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And Jesus is saying, because you are rejecting the Messiah himself, you're rejecting every prophet, everyone who has spoken righteously leading up to the Messiah, you reject all of that. Then he said, then the responsibility of the blood of all those people who have given their lives to prophesy and to predict the Messiah's coming, you're bringing all of their righteous blood on your own head, your responsibility. Verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Notice this, this shows that Jesus predates being born as a baby because he's saying over the centuries, how often Jerusalem I wanted to gather you under my wings as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, which is what they said when he rode in on a donkey a few days ago on Sunday. But he said, when I come back, you're going to say it for real, because now I'm coming as the king of glory. And so notice his heart for Jerusalem. God has not given up on the Jewish people. <laughs> no. His heart is still for Jerusalem. He loves his people, the covenant people, the people of the book, the Jewish people. Jesus loves them. God want, loves them. And he wants to gather them together, and he wants to gather us together. Oh, may we, friends, may we have the fear of God in our hearts so that we follow the Lord and stay in the pocket, stay tucked under his wings and not be deceived and begin to do wrong things in the name of God. Thank God. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. 
And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.